0: then. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get started this morning, and I want to thank Pastor Dan and and Princess Barb for all they're doing to get our kids up and running again And like they said, three to six years. That's going to be wonderful. And like you said, we're rebooting everything, so... When you shut a system down, you gotta spool things back up again. So there's some logistics ahead of this. So if you are interested in helping us out, please let them know sooner rather than later so we can get those processes in order and get you up to speed with helping us out And, and blessing our wonderful kids that we have here. What an awesome, awesome situation we have. You know, I used to say it pretty regularly about a year ago that a third of our congregation is kids. A third of our congregation is kids. What an amazing blessing. And they are not lesser members of our congregation. They're just younger members of our congregation. So, Father, keep sending the kids and keep sending the workers. We are ready to receive. Well, I'm excited about today's message because the Lord's going to challenge us. He is calling us upwards. He's calling us to deeper places with him. He's calling us to new and fresh places with him. But that requires from us a response toward him. And so I'm, I'm going to talk with you today, be talking over a few things that are probably going to sound familiar to us, but sharing just a, a depth and a richness that the Lord has for us as we it's okay, I'll just do this. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. As we continue to move forward with Him. So I want to start off with our vision statement, as many of you guys know. Our vision here, we want to see a hurting world healed. We want to see people launched into their destiny. And that's all done within the context of living within the body of Christ, being dependent on our Father, being dependent on the Holy Spirit, life within Christ. It's not your own power. It's not your own exertion. It's not just going out and doing whatever you think you can do to make the world a better place. We're talking about life within the body of Christ. Jesus' mission is to bring healing to a hurting world, to bring salvation. It's to bring restoration in a relationship with his Father. It's about building his kingdom. And there's a destiny and a calling that he has had for all mankind for all time. And he is moving towards that end. And he's called us to be on that mission with him. And individually, he has placed gifts and talents within each of us that are meant to be submitted and and surrendered to him so that we can live those out fully in him. We want to see people launched into their destinies, discovering those gifts so they can be put on display for the Father. Now this year, I shared early in the year, I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want us focusing on this year? We've gone through so much in this past year. What is it that you want us focused on this year? And he told me three things. He said, We're working on commitment to me, Him. Commitment to Him. Commitment to His Word. And commitment to one another. So you're going to hear that drum beat many times this year. You've heard Pastor Steve come up here and he's been preaching through the, the Apostles' Creed, doctrines of our faith. Pastor Lanny came and he he preached about heresies that Christians believe. Bringing us back into right alignment and understanding, we have some—we've got some stinking thinking that we've got going on that the Lord wants to root out, wants to uproot that stuff. He says you can't—you can no longer continue forward in these types of doctrines. You need to align yourself with good, solid doctrine. You need to be aligning yourself with Me, Pastor. In his last two two sermons, preached about the Holy Spirit and honoring the Holy Spirit, drawing close to Him, and and learning what that relationship is supposed to be like, the empowerment that he's given us to do the ministry of the gospel that God has given to us, to, to share with the world. We're going back to some basics on a lot of these things, because God wants to tend to the basics. Because if we, we look across this past year, what we see is there's a lot of basics that we've missed. There's a lot of things that we've Aired in and gone to the right or gone to the left or veered off our course, we thought we were following after something that was righteous, but what we realized is it was a lot of self-righteousness that was going on there. And the Lord said, that's not good enough. That's not me. I'm pulling that thing out. I'm pulling that thing out. And this whole COVID time and the pandemic and everything else that's gone on through this year has been helping us to realize all the different ways we can get off course. All the different ways that we, all the different things we put our affections into and our trust into and our hope into that are not the Lord. He's been rooting around in our hearts, and you've been hearing us preaching about repenting and coming to Him. Lord, what is it that you want to take? What is it that you want to take? I need to come closer to you, I need to come closer to you. It's been a pressure cooker. You may or may not remember this, but about a year ago, sometime early into the COVID situation, I remember preaching a message to you guys about how God tests metal and the metal testing process and the purification process of metal and how things are are heated to a point where the dross comes to the surface and then it's pulled off. And then you heat it and the dross comes to the surface and it gets pulled off. And as a purification of that metal, and there's a way that the Lord can heat the metal, and there's a way that we heat metal that make its properties malleable, so it can be formed, it can be shaped, it can be molded. But there's also a way that you can heat metal where it becomes hardened into the shape that it has, it becomes almost strengthened and and firmed in that place. Not always a good a good situation. You can hard, you can heat metal improperly, and it can become it can grow cracks and it can have imperfections that start to really cause it problems and it's shaping and it's forming. But thankfully, we have a good Father that knows exactly what He's doing with us. He knows how to heat us. He knows how to superheat us. He knows how to bring those imperfections to the surface. And if we are willing and if we're not fighting Him, then we can see Him remove those imperfections from our as he continues to purify us. As Pastor Lanny said recently, he said, the work of the Holy Spirit is to conform, it conform each one of us and the corporate body of Christ into the image of Jesus. That's what he's doing. He's conforming us into the image of Christ. Over and over and over again, he is working with us. quoted Bill Johnson recently that said, Your reward for producing fruit is pruning. Ouch. But it's true. Pruning is not a bad thing. Your reward for producing fruit is pruning. You have some, some presentation of fruit, a variety of fruit there. And God says, that's wonderful. I don't want these to continue to grow and produce more fruit. Let's let these ones grow. Let's let that produce more fruit. God is after us to conform us to the image of Christ. We are the body of Christ. I love this from Ephesians 5. He says this. He's talking to husbands. He's talking to wives. But here when he says to husbands, he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Now, this is being shared in the context of of a marriage relationship, but he's using Christ as the standard with the church, which tells us what God is doing with us. He is purifying us. He is washing us. He's He's preparing us to present us back to himself. That's a process that has been ongoing now for the body of Christ for over 2,000 years. And he is still at work doing that in us. We are made to be different than the world. We are made to be different than the world. We've seen a lot of Christianity looking a lot like the world this year. And the world looks a lot of different ways. We've seen the Christianity looking a lot like the world in many different ways over the course of this past year. And that should not be. It's a wake-up call to us as the church. There never was a time for comfortable Christianity to be a thing. That was never an acceptable form of our faith and our practice before the Lord. Comfortable Christianity. It's always been meant to be uncomfortable. It's always been meant to be penetrating. It's always been meant to be transformative, not only for the individual, but for wherever the individual is deployed to. When Jesus went to his disciples and sent them on the commission, he said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. What he didn't say there was this, Therefore go and be made disciples by all nations being baptized by them and being taught by them how to obey everything that they have commanded you They're not going to be with you through eternity into the end of the age We're not supposed to be conformed to the world we're to be conformed to Christ we are the ones that have been given the commission to go and disciple the nations this is a high calling this is we have a we need to have a high view of the calling that we have in the lord we're not just scraping by he has a high view of what he has called us to and he has a high degree of expectancy that we are going to pursue him in that Not by our own strength. It is impossible by our own strength. Remember, when he sent them to the upper room just after this, he said, wait until you receive the gift, the promised one, the Holy Spirit, who's going to come in you. He's going to empower you to do this. You can't do this by yourself. You're too weak. You need him. So wait, because the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to do the work. So God has been calling us to do powerful, mighty, wonderful things. One of the things that he has come after over this year, and very recently you've also been hearing us teaching about this, he's been coming after our mouths. He's been coming after the words that we speak Words have power in them. Words are incredibly powerful. Our words can bring life, or they can bring death. And words have been on display over this last year. As we've not been able to be around one another, much of our presence with one another has been felt in our words that we've been sharing. And that goes in many different ways. When Pastor was with us, Back in January, he preached a a message. It was a tough message. It was a sobering message. You might remember this. It was called, How Free Is Your Speech? And he basically said, in that situation, we have a lot of liberty that is available to us as Americans in this country. But as Christians, we do not share the same liberties to that same degree in being able to say whatever it is that we want to say, because we are governed by the Holy Spirit. We're governed by our relationship with one another. We're governed by God in how we use our words. He went to Ephesians 4.29-32, and he, he dissected this thing. I encourage you to go back and listen to that, because it's one that needs to be refreshed in our minds. But Ephesians 4:29 through 32 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ and God forgave you. There's a lot of descriptions in that passage to the negative of what we have seen in plenty over this last year. Paul goes on right after that into Ephesians 5. And he says this, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. He tells us right after that, don't do all those things, exchange it for this, and remember that you're to walk as Christ walked. You're to imitate God. That's what you've been called to. Each one of us, he's called us to be imitators of God. And he goes on from there. He says, but among you there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Additionally, he says, nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness. Before before you came to the Lord, you were darkness. That's the kingdom that you were inhabiting in. But now you are light in the Lord, so live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord, having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And he goes on to mention how shameful it is with the things that are done. He's writing to Christians. He's telling them, stop talking this way. Stop doing these things. These are from your old self. These are deeds of the flesh that are are taking place. You're not to be aligned with that any longer. You're to align yourself with Christ. There's good things that should be coming out of your mouth. There's, There's fruit of the Spirit that should be on display in you. Those are the things that you're to focus on. Now, he's writing this because this is what's going on. So what we see now today is nothing new. It's just another expression. It's just another circuit back through this where we see Christians and others involved in these same types of things and God is saying, come out of that. I've made you to be pure. I've made you to be pure. I've made you to put me on display and this is not of me. Earlier in Ephesians, Paul tells us to live a life that is worthy of the calling to which we've been called. He's talking about conduct there. And when I'm when I'm sharing this with you, i want to take a quick pause. I'm not talking about legal, legalism here. Your relationship with Christ is secured. We don't do good works to come to salvation. We do good works because we are saved, because His Spirit is in us. We should have an expectancy to see fruit come on display because of that. And we war within ourselves between our spirit and our flesh. And Paul's saying, let the spirit win. Stop doing the deeds of the flesh. Align with the spirit. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. And we desire to be more exact representations of the king who has sent us as his ambassador. So as we go through our journey with the Lord, he matures us, he strengthens us, he gives us opportunities for more of, our flesh to die, and more of His Spirit to come forth in us. It's the maturation process. It's the sanctification process. It's possible because of the Holy Spirit. It's possible for Him to transform us and conform us in that image. We are representatives of Christ. We are re Presentations of Christ. Think about that. You are a presentation of Christ. In every venue of life that you are in, both public and private, you are a presentation of Christ to whoever else is in that atmosphere, even if it's just you. Because there are angels, there are demons, there are those that we can't see with our own eyes that you are still presenting Christ to because he is alive inside you. And our lives are meant to honor him and glorify him individually and corporately. We are dependent on him. So let's talk about the mouth. Mouth is very important. Our mouths... Like we said earlier, have the power of life and death in them, but our mouth is also an indicator of our heart. It's the gauge of what's going on in our heart. If you want to know what's going on in someone's heart, just listen to them long enough and you'll find out what's happening in there. In Proverbs chapter 4, starting verse 20, we hear this. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. This is critical right here. He's just kind of led that up. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. Keep your mouth, oh, sorry, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from your heart. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your great your gaze directly before you. Be careful. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Do not turn to the right or the left. We've been talking about that so much over this last year. He says, guard your heart above all else. It's the seat of everything that you do. We invite the Lord to come and live and rule and reign over our heart. We ask him to transform our heart. Because everything that we do comes from that. I think it's very interesting that the very next thing that is said there is above all else, after above all else, is keep your mouth free of perversity and keep corrupt corrupt talk far from your lips. Jesus has something to say about this. In Matthew, chapter 15, Jesus is being questioned by the The Pharisees there, and and they're saying, why is it that your disciples don't wash their hands and they're doing this unclean thing? They're defiling themselves by not cleaning their hands before they eat. Jesus says this, listen and understand, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Later on here, In uh, verse 17, he says, Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands, that does not defile them. Impure things that come out of our mouth." Those things defile us. It becomes a, a creeping course for us. And in James, he says this in, in chapter 3, starting verse 9, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. What's he talking about here? We have to purify our mouths. But it starts in what's going on in our hearts. We see... Negative things that are coming out of our mouths, it's an indicator of things that are happening inside our hearts. And the Lord's saying, this, this should not be. There should be pure things coming from our mouths. I love this morning as we are just praising the Lord and singing his glorious praises and honoring him and lifting him up on high and all of that thankful for the presence of the Spirit as we were just extolling praises to the Lord. Are we doing that? And then we have corrupt talk coming out of the same mouths. Brothers and sisters, that should not be. Pastor Jay, I thought this was supposed to be an encouraging message. I'm not feeling very encouraged right now. All right, I'm going to share a testimony. It's my testimony. From when I was a young man. And um, I had a pretty big run-in with this. So this might be an extreme case for some of us. But I want to share it with you because, because the power of the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So if there's others that land anywhere in this spectrum, and you're hearing this testimony today, I want you to be encouraged that Jesus can change your heart, and he can change what comes from your mouth. Because his desire is to purify you as a vessel. Many of you know that I came to the Lord at a very early age. I was about seven years old when I gave my life to Jesus, got baptized in the Holy Spirit. and. I'd grown up in the church, continued growing up in the church, very involved, learned a lot about the Lord, had a wonderful relationship with Him, and all of that. By, By the time I hit my teenage years, I had some heartache that had happened. I know no other teenagers have ever had heartache, right? I had some real heartache. And what ended up happening was I ended up getting a bitter root. It started taking root in my heart. Started driving a wedge in there started producing apathy in me. And what I discovered by the time I got to college was I had a lot of opportunity and freedom to do whatever it was that I wanted to do. I suddenly had no mom and dad watching over me, and I had a lot of influence to do whatever I wanted to do and say whatever I wanted to say. So I started saying all sorts of bad stuff. Kids, don't try this at home. This is a story of what not to do. (laughs) I had all sorts of things that I'd always wanted to say before and always held back and just started letting it fly. In fact, I got pretty good at using profanity and got to that place where it was a lot of fun to be able to say just naughty things. You can become very inventive with that but it was an issue of what was going on in my heart at that time, and as I continued down that pathway, it became harder and harder and harder for me to return back to where I had been. Now, one of my first wake-up calls was late one night when I was home visiting family. I'd pulled up in my car, parked the car, And I was walking up to the front door, and I think it was my younger brother who ran out of somewhere and surprised the living daylights out of me. And I turned around and let it fly. I won't say what I said. You can fill in the blank. You might be right. So I let it fly, and he looked at me like, (gasps) My mom was also outside. That's the Holy Spirit. That's how he does it. My mom was outside, and I was so embarrassed. I just I couldn't, even, I couldn't even believe it. And it was the first indicator to me of how far I had drifted in my speech and in my actions. Because I knew at home I wasn't going to talk like that. But when I was under pressure, look what came up. And it wasn't hard for it to come up. But I didn't take heed. I remembered it. I thought about it. Um, I pondered it, but it didn't change anything that was going on in me. Now, probably about a year or two later after that, I had a fairly dramatic encounter with the Lord at a Randy Clark Ministries gathering at the church that we used to attend and got called back to the Lord recommitted my life to Jesus, and was just so thankful for how he began to renew and refresh and redeem me in that situation. But it took a little while for my mouth to catch up. Anybody, anybody else ever been there? It took a little while for my mouth to catch up. I got involved in my church, Katie and I got married, and I was still, every once in a while, was having issues with this. And the Lord was really poking me about it. And I, I was like, eh, kind of giving it a half-hearted try, right? Well, we had a, uh, I was in drama class that fall, and uh, we had a, a play. It was not really so much a play, it was mostly like a series of skits that we were doing. And somewhere along the way in the class, I had uh, been part of a, a skit that had some profanity in it. And I did a really good job in that skit because, like I said, I really knew how to let it how to let it zing. Well, the teacher decided that was something he wanted to showcase at the end of the class uh, presentation. I'm thinking, oh, I'm not sure I want to do that, but I was too chicken to say I shouldn't. So here we go, showcase night. I get up there and I do a great performance, and the whole time I'm just inside like. Doing, right? I've come back to the Lord at this point, but my mouth was not aligned with what God was doing in my heart, and I was wrestling in this thing. So I thought at the end of that that time, I was like, "Okay, that's the last time." I'm, Lord, I'm sorry I did that. That was not good, right? We're in church that next Sunday, and I've been serving in the church. I've been. Doing sound, serving the ushering ministry, all of that. We had this nice young couple that came to church the first time. And I remember going up into them, welcome, so glad you're here, all this. And he said, oh, we've seen you before. I said, where did you see me? We saw you in the play this week out at, out at school. I was like, oh, my Lord. Those are sobering. can fresh water and salt water come from the same source? That was a, a critical moment for me. That was, it was after that moment that I said, Lord, I don't want anything to do with this anymore, but I need you to transform me so this isn't coming out of me because I can't keep representing you if that's the way that I'm going to be talking. Because unwholesome talk... And profane things, things that are not holy, are not in alignment with who Jesus is. And if I am a presentation of Him, then I bring dishonor to His name by the way I conduct myself and the words that come from my mouth. And He did a transformative work in me. He changed my heart, He changed my mouth but it required me to humble myself before him and get serious about him doing his work in me. Because it's not that there was no struggle. It's that he empowered me to not do that. And instead, to focus on speaking life, speaking encouragement, representing him well, sharing his word, loving on people, not just in action, but also with my mouth, with my words that came forward. It's God that did that. In Titus 2, it says this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Eager to do what is good. He purifies us. In First Peter, Peter says this to us, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Remember always hearing that as a, You be holy because I am holy. I heard Graham Cook somewhere in the past year say, no, this is an invitation. It's come be holy because I am holy. You have the option, the opportunity to be holy now because he is holy and you are in him. No longer do you have to live in the base things. You now have the option and the opportunity to enter into holiness. To be that holy presentation to the world around you wherever it is that he has deployed you to and it doesn't matter who you are where you've been what you've done what you've gone through because he is holy and he calls you into that place remember this is the same Peter who when Jesus filled his boat and his buddy's boat with so much fish it was it was sinking them said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. You see, when we see how holy He is, how truly holy He is, how truly majestic He is, and we come into into interaction with the true, deep, rich, glorious presence of the Lord, we recognize how sinful we are, how unholy we are. But he says, come, follow me. Come, be holy, because I am holy. I've come for you. I want you to be part of me. I'm sending you as light into darkness. This is the same Peter who, after telling him, I'll die for you, denied him three times. and was rescued back into the fold by the Lord. He's the one who says, live a holy life. Be holy because he is holy. His close friend and brother, John, And John tells us this, recognizing that we're going to mess it up. Recognizing that as Christians, we will still sin, tells us this. If we claim, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with the one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Not your self-effort, not your own will, not your own strength. The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Here's the promise. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. God has called us to righteous living. He has called us to be holy because he is holy. He has called us to have pure speech, to have a clean, pure heart, to live in right relationship with Him, to be an accurate representation of who He is. He's called us to submission and surrender to Him. He's called us and empowers us to live a life that brings glory and honor to him. In Psalm 51, which is a powerful psalm, I encourage you to go read through it this week. Right at the heart of it, we have this. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. See, he knew that the work had to happen in his heart. Create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit in me. And in the midst of this psalm where he's talking about all his sins that are before the Lord, Lord, don't look at this. Turn your eyes away from this. All of this, his cry to the Lord is Create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit in me. We're in a time and in an hour. In the history of this whole drama, where God is reminding us that the things that come out of our mouths matter. Not just on Facebook, not just in our conversations with each other, not just in our prayers, not just in our our regular conversation, all of it. In our worship, our praise, we post out there, we say publicly, privately, everywhere. He's saying, I want to purify your mouth. I want to purify what's going on in your heart. I want to do that work in you. You are not called to a casual Christianity. You are called to an earth-shaking Christianity. that shakes your life and shakes the lives of those that are around you. As the temperature gets turned up on the pressure and everything else that's pressing on the church... Let us be found as those people that our hearts are focused on Him and committed to Him. And we've done the work to say, Lord, purify my heart. Give me a clean heart. Let me stand in the midst of the day when the pressures are forced against us. Be strong and found in You. Let me continue on in the faith, Lord, until my last breath To bring glory and honor to your name. Jesus will be glorified. Every knee will bow to him. He is the name above every other name. We sang it earlier earlier here today. He is worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all. He is worthy of all the affection of our heart. He is worthy of of us offering over to him every impurity that the Holy Spirit would bring forward and say, that right there, I want that too. That right there, I want that too. That thing right there, that needs to burn up. That thing right there, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to do this. He is worthy of everything that he calls us to in everything that he has called us away from. If you're hearing this today, whether here in this room or online, and there's things that the Holy Spirit has been pricking your heart about, there is grace today that has been apportioned for today today for transformation to take place in your life at that next level, at that point of the thing that the Lord is fingering on. You have the opportunity to say, Lord, I'm ready to hand that over to you. I'm ready to have that impurity moved off the top, scooped away by your transforming power. I'm ready, Lord, to go to that next level with you, that next place. I want to be an accurate, accurate representation of you. We're going to take communion. If you've aligned with any of this today, if there's anything the Lord's been pricking on your heart today, like you just raise your hand. I would invite you to take a step forward. And at home, this is for you guys too. You have the opportunity today, with your cell phone, with your TV, with wherever it is that you're watching, to say, Lord, I'm ready to take that next step for you. Everybody stand up. If you're ready today to say, Lord, this next step, and none of us knows what's going on in any of our hearts, okay? Lord, if if you're ready to say, Lord, I'm ready to let this go, I'm ready to lay this down for you, I'd invite you to come to the altar to lay it down for him. Just to take a step forward and say, Lord... I'm ready to be done with this. I'm ready to come to that next level with you, Lord. I'm ready for you to purify my lips, to purify my heart at a whole other level. Thank you, Lord. You remember a couple of weeks ago, we shared this. That remember you are a temple of the holy spirit. Your your body is a temple of the holy spirit. You're a mobile temple, you bring him with you wherever you go. And in the temple where praises are sung. What is the sound that is emanating from that temple? Is it praise honoring God? Is it praise worshiping our king? Or is it praise worshiping something else? Are the affections of your heart placed somewhere else? Who's sitting on the throne room of the temple in your heart? God wants us to purify the temple. He does the work. We just submit to him and surrender to him and let him do what he's going to do. And we can be confident of this. The blood of Jesus pays the price for all of it. He is the atoning sacrifice. By his stripes we have been healed. And he's the one who does the transforming work in us. As he draws us in closer and closer alignment with him. So we're going to do this with communion. And whether you're standing up here today, or you're at home, or you're still in the seats here, not everybody has to come forward. This is not a manipulative thing. We can all pray this prayer. God, cleanse my heart. Create in me a pure heart. Oh, God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Cleanse my heart, Lord. Lord, I pray for everybody here, everyone online, who's answered this call that says, Lord Jesus, I would want to be cleansed by you at the next level. I want to be have my, my lips cleaned. I want to have my heart cleaned. I want to be growing in my relationship with you i want to be a more accurate representation of you i want your your gifts to flow through me more accurately lord i want people to see me and see you instead lord that others might be drawn out of darkness into light lord you sent me into darkness not to be darkness but to shine a light there let me shine more brightly lord i pray for your people right now that you holy spirit would come and do the work in their hearts That you, Holy Spirit, would remove that dross. That you, Holy Spirit, would wrap them in your arms. That you, Holy Spirit, would fill their mouths with the glorious praises of our King. That you, Holy Spirit, would lead and guide their steps. That you, Holy Spirit, would give them the strength each day to say no to darkness and yes to the light that you have given them. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you went to the cross for us. I thank you that you are the sacrifice, the atoning sacrifice, that you paid the price for every sin that we've ever committed and everything we will commit. I thank you that you brought it all to the cross. And I thank you for your blood that was poured out for us as a new covenant, that your blood washes us clean. It doesn't just cover our sin, it washes us clean. And I thank you, Lord, for the power that is in the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that as testified today by myself, Lord, that you transformed my heart and my mouth, Lord, that those that heard that and said, please, God, that you would do the same thing for them and more, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Take and eat and drink in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Our Father's house, this has been a place. We have been a people that have been chosen by God to honor him in a particular way. That we would be a people that bring healing to to those that are hurting that we would be a people that hear the voice of God and respond to Him that we would be a lighthouse in this region a beacon of the Lord's glory His presence has been manifest here in so many ways over so many decades and He's not done yet Let us be a people that honor him and glorify him so that his presence will rest here with us. His presence will abide here with us. That there'd be people that would come off the highways like they have for so many years and they would just be called into these doors here. Or they'd be called into your homes and they would find the presence of God there and he would transform their lives. That we would see him transform this region. God wants to do more here than we could ask or imagine. Are we willing? Are we willing? Because it means for us surrendering to Him, being prostrate before Him, not doing things that grieve the Holy Spirit because we're completely dependent on Him. I want to encourage everyone who stepped forward today, everyone who said, yes, Lord, that's me. God's going to do a work in your heart. He's going to do a work in your heart. Rhonda, you had some words you wanted to share.
1: We had a couple of words come through this morning. And uh, the first one was, In worship, in the midst of our praise, a fire rose from under the feet. Of each person focused on the Lord. And this fire caused all negative to disappear because it could not exist in the light of His presence. The result was that worry, burdens, sin were gone. And the feeling was total freedom. In those moments. Hang on. There's another one. Part of that. And the word continued. That a measure. Of that sense. Of freedom. Cleansing. Was a residue on us. That we could. Then take out. And would impact. Those around us. The second word was someone who was sharing that in their heart this week, the song that had been rising up in worship from their spirit was the song, Create a Clean Heart in Me, O God.
0: Somebody was singing with me. Whoever that was, I've been singing that song, this one right here, all week. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Wake up, that song's on my heart. Working in my day, that song comes up. Whoever you are, it's been fun duetting with you this week. We are not the only ones preaching this message right now. This is not unique to our Father's house. This is a sound that is happening in the earth right now. I encourage you to spend some time in worship, to spend some time in Psalm 51, spend some time in Ephesians 4, and 5, Galatians five, Colossians three, and ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want to say to me about these these things? In all of them, He's speaking to us about exchange this for that, and we can because of Him. God's doing an important work in the world right now. He's doing an important work in His body. He's calling us to lay low with him. To surrender ourselves in whole new ways. Just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bless you and release you. If you'd like to do some time with the Lord at the altar, it is open and it's free to you. Um, So please rise. In two weeks, we have Easter Sunday coming up. Good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, we'll be out in the backfield again. <laughs> I encourage you to come because it should be lovely. We're going to have an egg hunt for the kids, and it's just going to be a really fun time. And I uh, just love to see more faces here with us. I know some folks aren't ready to come back in the building more comfortable outdoors. Please come. Please plan to come. If we can't do it outside, we'll be back indoors that day. Won't, won't stop us, but, uh, we're excited for the opportunity. So bring your kids, get ready to do some egg hunts. There'll be, there should be some beautiful locations on the property to take those nice family Easter pictures together. Sometimes those are awkward family photos, right? But Father, I thank you for your people and I thank you for your work that you're doing in us. Lord, I ask that as we continue on, as we we refocus our commitment to you, to your word, and to one another, Lord, that you would do a deep work in us, Lord Jesus, a deep work in us, Lord, a deep work in us, Lord, an abiding work in us, Lord. Lord, a work that would tear down walls, a work that would extend your love in new ways, Lord, through us, Lord, I pray for your people here. I pray for the community that you have placed us in, Lord. I just thank you that we get to live in such a time as this for what you're doing in the body of Christ, Lord, for this time when you're reawakening us to to foundational things, Lord, so that your gospel can go forth, Lord, and bring people out of darkness into light. We thank you, Jesus. I bless your people this week in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you'd like to do some time at the altar, come on forward. Otherwise, greet one another as you head on out. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.